What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Institute Collective Podcast. My name is Jack Graham. And I'm Mac Rackers. And on today's show, we are decoding the stupid shit PT said. So obviously, you are the PT. I'm going to ask you the questions, I suppose, or the phrases that I have heard PT say, and then I know a lot of other people have heard PT say, okay. and then you can unpack them so we understand what you mean when you say them. <laughs> you can also, I feel like you should let everybody know if you use these terms. Yeah, okay. And why, like mm. why you think they're a good term. Because I feel like you would get used to the wording of them, and when you say it, it's just second nature, but hearing it, like as an outsider, it's like, okay, what? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I guess you get that from a few clients. You say something and they just look at you with a blank stare. Yeah, what like, do you mean? what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Or they think they know what you're talking about and they go do something completely different to what you said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so the first one that I wrote down is brace your core. So if you were to say this to me, maybe not now, but back in the day, I would tense my abs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And that's, this is, I guess, the most common mistake and a lot of PTs make it. When people say core, they just think your abs. Yeah. Where your core is your whole midsection, basically from your rib cage down, including your back muscles as well. So when you brace your core, you, I guess your torso, your main structure of your body is stiff and it doesn't move. So how would you do that though? Or like, what's a better way you would explain to somebody like, it's almost like you got to hold your breath, but keep breathing. It's kind of that sensation, right? Yeah, and it's very hard because, and this is the big misconnect between you know one on one and Groups. a group. Like you yell out to a group of twenty people, brace your core. <laughs> Everyone's their abs. <laughs> well, everybody's going to take it differently. So it's yeah, true. Um, I like to actually get people to do movements that actually brace their core, so they know what I'm talking okay, about. Okay. Yeah. So the best one I reckon is to do a dead bug on the ground. Uh, if I'm good enough, I'll overlap a video of a dead bug so you know what I'm talking about. And you put a band under your lower back and you squeeze that band into the ground and do your dead bug. And as soon as you let your core go, which is including your back, the band slips out. Yeah. So it just given people the idea of, oh, okay, I sort of got pushed down into the ground and brace my core, otherwise the band slips out. Yep. But then it's also transferring that into a standing position. Yeah, which is it's very, very hard. hard. Um, so I guess to the PTs out there, you've got to almost do it individual. Like, get make sure, because you say that to some clients and they're just like, brace a core, done. They know, yeah. They know they've what they're doing. They've done it before, maybe they've done PTs before or they've been exercising yeah, for a while. They've just got good body awareness and that sort of stuff. So yep. it's very individual. So you've just got to make sure the person understands. And sometimes that's just progressive overload of a certain movement. So a back squat, putting a barbell on your back, slowly loading it up and over, like, you know, you go from 10 kilos to 100 kilos, you're going to feel that on your core and your yep. back a yep. lot more. So sometimes that and then for the general public listen to that and you hear that again just for yourself go through some movements uh core exercises even a bird dog or something like that where you've got to brace your core and not move anything else and just get used to the movement just get used to bracing your core through a movement is what yeah. i'm going to say yeah so it's still a good term to use it just needs to be explained yeah yeah okay 
Cool. The next one I wanted to know was keep a neutral spine. <laughs> so if you were to say that to me, I would probably initially stand up taller. Keep a neutral spine. Like say I'm doing a push press, mm. strict press. I think this is one that a lot of new PTs might use. Okay. Because... You're saying you're an old PT? <laughs> <laughs> Ex unexperienced PTs. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Age doesn't have anything to do with it. Um, because a neutral spine is... I, I, I don't even really know what that means. Well, would it just mean like in, in line? Yeah, but I guess. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, but then, like you say again, you say that to a group of twenty people, they're gonna take it all differently. What and if X? you try and stand up tall, you're gonna overarch your back, and your yeah. back has a massive arch in it, and so they might not, not realise. But then somebody might have a natural curve in their back, mm. so then they're trying to get in weird positions to have a straight spine when they can't actually have a straight spine. So this is a perfect example of how everybody's body is very different and you can't mm. use general terms for everyone. Yeah. What exercise would you likely say to someone, keep a neutral spine? Deadlift is very common. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I see a lot of PTs or coaches say, you know, keep a neutral spine while you're doing your deadlift. And then, like, again, it could be a good cue for somebody if they know what you're talking about. Yeah. Because then they'll go in a neutral spine position if you've shown them what that is. Yeah. But if not, again, they're just going to sort of try and arch their back and straighten, stand up tall and then have a massive curve yeah. in the lower back or vice versa. So, yeah, I'm not really sure what it means, but I guess keep a straight back. It's just people trying to be fancy, make it sound like they know more than they do. Yeah, yeah. And again, that's very common for new PTs. Yeah, to use to... the lingo too much probably. Yeah. I guess the next one sort of relates to that and it's tuck your tailbone. I've heard this a lot in the CrossFit realm. You know when, what I mean? When I hear that, I'm trying to think of how I would actually tuck my tailbone. Um, tuck your tailbone. I think I had a, not a PT, a physio once say, because I'd heard tuck your tailbone a lot. Mm -hmm. And then once a physio said to me, which I hear you say all the time, it's sort of bring your belt buckle to your belly button, yeah, which so is a lot more intuitive rather than tuck your tailbone because it's like, what the heck? What's my tailbone? Yeah, like? <laughs> you're thinking about your back and how yeah. do you actually tuck it in. Um, and again, that comes with experience and you might say to a group of people, tuck your tailbone, half might know what you're talking about, half are going to go, what What am I doing? Um, but that just comes back into bracing your core properly. So if you know how to brace your core, you're automatically, I guess, going to tuck your tailbone under, uh, yes. tuck your belt buckle into your belly button. So you, um, again, I'll try and put a video over this so you know what I'm talking about, but it's just trying to engage your core yeah so if you've explained to somebody properly how to engage your core the last two sayings will make sense would make like you don't need to use them i guess it's ironic that i put them in this order because that was not intended and now yeah. they're all like working in with one another yeah <laughs> okay do you feel like you explain that enough yeah again it's just learning how to brace your core yeah for a pt saying tuck your tailbone unless you've actually explained to the client about bracing your core you're going to have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Because you could just tuck your tailbone and not brace your core, I guess. But yeah, definitely. And that would be... Just squeezing your butt, kind of. Well, you could even tuck it without squeezing your butt, I guess. Yeah, just moving your hips, really. Yeah. So, it's again, it comes back them. to explaining yourself and why you're saying it. Yeah. Okay. The next one is funny because we do a lot of, like, a lot of knees over toes stuff. And when I was like looking for things that P common things that PTs say that made me 
questioned them. Um, I was like, why would anyone say this? And it is, don't let your knees go past your toes. Yeah. Why? That would... I've heard a physio, I've heard your clients tell you that their physio has also told them to never let their knees go past their toes. Right? It, that, that's very old school. Okay. So I'm not sure if they still teach it that way, but back when I did, did my PT course in... 2008. <laughs> um, a lot of the time, they would tell you not to send your knee, knees over your toes in your squat. But then, for me to do that, my squat almost looks like a deadlift. Oh, really? Well, because um, I've got long shin bones and yeah, like every again, everybody's different. So, yeah. for me to do a arch of the grass squat, like a proper full range squat, my knees need to go well over my toes. Mm. And that, it's not a bad thing at all. I, I always, Having your knees over your toes. Yeah, yeah. I always say you should be going through the most ranges possible. So that might be deloading the barbell if you're doing a squat, barbell, back squat, and just going as deep as possible and then slowly building up from there. So you don't want to add weight and then go less deep in your squat. Mm. So you want to be hitting the same range no matter what weight you're doing. Um, yeah, but that just comes from... I, Back when I got told not to send your knees over your toes, it's just a safety thing because you can't go too deep in the squat. So you're not going to hurt yourself. So as a PT going okay. out there, you're going to be getting people to do squats. And if they're only doing a quarter squat, they can't hurt themselves. Yeah. So it's super safe. And, you know, because a PT doesn't really know anything about body mechanics when you come out of your PT course. What do you learn then? <laughs> well, you do, but again, they're telling not you not in to. Depth, yeah. yeah. So now I know a lot more about my joints and, you know, about yeah. like How everything else. works together. Yeah. And look, I know some people that can squat ass the grass without sending their knees over their toes. That's they... just because they have different proportions, right? Yeah. But yeah. I can't. Yeah. I know you can't. No, I'm the worst at squats in the world. Yeah. So... Because not like because I can't do it. Not, not from lack of trying, but from lack of good body proportions. Yeah. <laughs> And just while we're still on the range of motion, I guess, the PTs out there saying, oh, yeah, but you shouldn't be doing it and you don't want to squat too deep. You want to prepare your client for anything they come across in the outside world. So what's the point of getting them to do a half squat in the gym under load and getting super strong at that? Because at home, as soon as they go through a full squat to pick something up or bend down to get something, they're going to go through a full range squat and they're not going to have strength in that extra range. Yeah, to get back out of so it. So that's when an injury usually happens. Yeah. And then they come back to you and, oh, I was doing a squat or picking something up and I hurt my back or hurt my knee or something like that. It's because they haven't got range, uh, strength in that range. So get your clients to do full range movements and then they're going to be prepared for anything outside the gym. It blows my mind that people can be picking something up and hurt their back. <laughs> but, Yeah. That's because from yeah. the lack of movement, though. Lack from the of, lack of range of motion. Lack of strength in the range. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Okay, the next one is always keep your feet shoulder distance apart. Yeah. Which for some things I feel like is a good cue, but not for everything and not for everybody. Yeah. Right? So obviously, if you want a strong stance and you're pressing something overhead, you want to have your feet about shoulder width apart mm -hmm. because it gives you a solid base. You know, if they're right in, if you've got your feet close together, it's almost you're like unbalanced. Yeah. Or if you're out too wide, you know, it just feels weird. <laughs> so that makes sense for those. Um, but again, 
I've heard that with squatting as well, and that comes from the old school theory of your feet should be in the exact same position every time you squat for everybody. And again, it's not right. Like everybody's different. Everybody's got different issues, mobility issues, injuries, all that sort of stuff. So um, your feet should just go wherever you can sort of perform a full range squat comfortably Whichever's, without yeah. pain. Yeah. But in saying that, you should mix up your feet position anyway because it can't to see what's yeah there was a long time there where I was doing squats shoulder width apart and I would always injure my hips and knees and I couldn't squat very heavy and I couldn't get very deep and then I think Jack was like well you don't have to squat like that mm. but the coaches that I had at the time kept saying this is the way you squat like this is where your feet should be and then even now I still depending on what sort of tightness and injuries I move my feet around from like session to session week to week and it also gets my legs in different ways depending how I have my yeah, 100%. feet positioned and it comes back to you know preparing your client for the outside world if they're only used to yeah. having their feet in the exact same position every time they load up, yeah, they're going to be super strong in that plane of motion. But at home, when they've got one foot up here holding a baby or mm. groceries or something, and they go to squat and everything's out of balance, then they're going to hurt themselves. Yeah. So mixing it up, doing different types of squats is obviously beneficial. The next one relates to squats very directly as well, and it's keep your toes forward during squats. Which is crazy, like to me that blows my mind because if my toes are forward, I physically cannot squat. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. Um, and people actually say that, obviously. Yeah. Again, that when I was getting told how to squat or teach squatting in my PT course, that was one of the things. So when you, you were could, or, uh, originally taught squats, it was feet forward, sh feet shoulder width apart. Yeah. Or there was like, you know, a couple of degrees you could have, but yeah. it couldn't vary outside those degrees. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, it just comes back to pretty much everything we've just said. Yeah. Um, put your feet wherever you feel like you want to. Toes can point wherever you want to. Yeah. Um, Toes in and out also makes a, a massive difference. Like the yeah. biggest difference for me. Um, I find most people can't engage their glutes when their toes are facing forwards. Yeah. Um, but some people can. Yep. I've seen people have their feet directly under their hips, toes facing forwards, and do a full depth squat yeah. all the way down, all the way up. And I'm just like... It's kind of freaky to see people do that, isn't it? Yeah, I could do it on a Smith machine or something like that yep. where <laughs> the barbells hold me up, but there's no way I could do that free weights. Yeah. The last one I've got is lengthen your spine. So when, what exercise would you say that? How, do you ever use that? Lengthen your spine? I guess it's sort of a cue to stand taller. Have you ever heard me use that? I don't think so. No. Um, yeah, I guess it's just, I'm, I'm not sure what they would mean by that. It's stand tall. I think it's actually, I, like, I feel like I've heard it a lot, but it must, maybe a yoga thing? Yeah, I guess it's just one of those things where I could say to you, lengthen your spine or, you know, reach your head to the ceiling and you're going to yeah. try and push your head up Be to the up ceiling taller. and stretch out. Yeah. Just a cue. Yeah, I don't think I've ever used that one because obviously I'd say maybe stand tall or, you know. Stand up straight. <laughs> yeah, stand up straight. Just like common words more so than lengthen um, your spine. Or shoulders back and down is a common one, like. If somebody's hunched over like that, you say shoulders back and then down. 
yeah, and they sort of engage a little bit and stand up a bit taller and a bit more engaged in upper body. I'm not sure. Why? Yeah. So of the ones that we spoke about, what do you use like today, now, any? I'd say brace your core. Yeah. But when I say it, most of the, my clients know what I'm talking about. And yep. if they don't, I'll get them to do some movements. Um, I don't definitely don't use like the <laughs> don't send your knees over your toes or anything like that. I might say that in a deadlift. Like a yeah, stiff that's very deadlift. different though. <laughs> yeah, but I would definitely wouldn't use it for a squat. Um, I'll always tell people just put their feet wherever is comfortable. Um, tuck your tailbone. Oh, I don't think I've ever used that one. No. Maybe 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 I have. But again, as you get more experienced, your link your language changes. Yeah. And you might be using something and you might hear another coach say something different and it just... Sounds better, makes more sense. Makes a bit more sense to people. So you pick up on different things yeah. and that's why you do need to sort of work with other coaches throughout your PT career. Yeah. Just to pick up on those things. Um, Did I, do you think I missed any that you used to use when you were a younger PT a lot that you would never use now? I guess a good one, I, I, I used this the other day and I was jokingly saying it, but I think the client took it seriously. So what would you say when I say abs are made in the kitchen? Change my diet. So, but like, that's a very common one. Abs are made in the kitchen. Oh, like, that so, PTs yeah, say. Oh. Like, you get the clients, they're smashing around their gym, doing everything they can. And it's like, Oh, you know, everybody says, oh, I want to lose this, so I need to do more sit-ups or whatever. Yeah. And you always say, abs are made in the kitchen. So what does that mean that you, you? That you need to change your diet. Why? Because you need to lose fat, body fat, likely, if you want to see visible abs. Mm -hmm. So, but then... Are you waiting for me to unpack it more? Like, what do yeah. you want me to say? <laughs> I just feel like people go, oh, well, I need to eat healthier, but eating healthier oh. doesn't necessarily mean weight loss. Or fat no. loss. Yeah, well, like what I just said, eat less. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to... Right? Yeah. Um, it's just more about calories in, calories out. Oh, uh, yeah. Rather than abs are made in the kitchen. People sort of like, well, how? How? Mm. Mm. That is, I feel like that is a very confusing one. Yeah. Because everyone interprets it differently. Like you said, eat healthier, eat less. I don't know. Mm. Can't eat calories. Mm. That's all that you've got. Cool. If you have any other sayings or things you've heard PTs or other coaches say and you've missed and we've missed them and you want them explained in the comments below, um, let us know and... Maybe we'll do a nutrition one in yeah. a couple of weeks as well. If you've heard nutrition ones, let us know in the comments so we can hit those in the next episode. Yep. Uh, awesome. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll talk to you all in the next episode. Bye. Bye.